Welcome to the Simply Home Podcast, where we educate, inspire, and entertain real estate entrepreneurs seeking a casual and practical podcast. We're here to simplify your life and business. You can find growth anywhere. And as long as you have an open mind and take those opportunities to learn, then you're going to grow from it. The easiest thing, too, is just always being in your zone of genius. What you are passionate about and are good at. The mindset shift is drastic. When you're when you're thinking of, I am this person, as opposed to, I want to become, or one day I will be, is, is huge. I feel like a lot of real estate companies have been putting a focus on themselves, basically. I've, recently, we've been putting it on the agents, and that's when our socials have been doing the best. It's become really personal, and we've gotten a lot more traction. It never fails. Every single intro, I love that beat. Yeah. I just like find myself dancing to the beat. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Simply Home podcast. I am hosting today. I'm Sean Mike, CEO, founder of Simply Home. Uh, I've never done this before, so I apologize for any mistakes that I make. Uh, but I am joined here by David Balfour, who is one of our brokers at Simply Home. And more importantly, beyond a broker, a friend um, who... Really, I wouldn't be where I am without him because he was my broker. Um, so, yeah. Um, so we are going to talk about, I have no idea, but we're going to talk about some great stuff, um, I'm sure. But in honor of SWI, our lovely Sarah Wiley Armstrong, she wants us to do a high-low buffalo, which means we share a win. Mm -hmm. We share a not a loss, but a low. Oh, and I'm sorry. We're also joined naturally by Grant on the ones and twos over there. Um, and we still don't have a Grant cam set up because we suck. So um, <laughs> so we're going to share a win. We're going to share a not necessarily a win. And then we're going to share a, what's a buffalo again? Do you remember? Yeah, me neither. All right. Something furry, I guess. Yeah, something furry. <laughs> we're going to make up our rules. That's what we're going to do. Um, all right, go ahead. What's your high? Well, um, this week... My wife and I decided to buy electronic bicycles. These are actual bicycles that you take out on the greenway. They're not stationary bikes, but they're electronically assisted, battery assisted. And uh, I, it has been life-changing in the last four days, believe it or not. Do you like pedal? You do pedal. You have to pedal for the uh, machinery to kick in, for the assistance to kick in. And it makes you climb a hill, a 20-degree hill, like you're walking. It's unbelievable the difference it makes in biking and how uh, it takes away the intimidation of you know riding bikes for long distances and things not cheap but very <laughs> very cool <laughs> not cheap but very cool yeah. um so an electric bicycle sounds like my type of bicycle because yeah. i'm out of shape yeah as <laughs> as are we uh and i've you know gone in and out of shape many times in my lifetime but it is definitely time to get back in uh, and it is harder than it used to be. You know, they tell you that as you grow older and you don't believe it until it happens to you. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you, it gets harder. As all you right. Know. <laughs> all right. So start today. No, it's, um, all right. Fair enough. But, um, but they're amazing. They're amazing. It, it looks just like a regular, like a beach rider kind of bicycle. You know, it's not a speed looking bike, yeah. an off-road bike or anything. It's a, it's a very typical looking bicycle and it, it's just great. I mean, the amount of energy it adds to your to your own is, I mean, couldn't believe it. So because of the extra energy, is it like, are you going further? 
Yeah, like we've already done uh, 10 miles twice. Dang. And uh, she's done an additional five, and we're going to try a 30 this weekend. 30? Yeah. All right. Well, don't invite me. I won't be around. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm apologize. not sure how we're going to feel after that one. <laughs> probably I mean, sore, if yeah, I had to guess. Yeah, probably sore. Uh, that's awesome, though. It sounds fun. Um, let's see. A high. Um, all right. My high is for the month of February, Simply Home contracted almost 300 houses. That is amazing. Which is a really big win for a really normally slowish month. Yeah. Um, and inventory down 25% year over year doesn't necessarily help that. Right. So um, I know it's kind of a loser thing to have a high as your uh, a work high, but... <laughs> No, no, I'm just guilt. I'm just worried that I should have said something business related. No, 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 no. No. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Well, all I seemingly I'm trying to think if there's anything outside of work uh, that's a high. Um, no, probably not. I got yeah. new tires on my car. That was oh, a high. Nice. That's good. Um, that's good. So I. That's probably uh, also your low. <laughs> also, no. Yeah. Uh, so Tennessee right now, the roads in Tennessee are horrible. Yeah. Like, I I don't even know how I haven't popped all of my tires. Right. Um, but I did have one blowout in Samantha's car um, from a massive crater in the middle of the interstate yeah. that I hit at 85 miles an hour. Um, but then, so I went to get new tires because my car doesn't have spares. Oh, okay. And so they were like, well, you need run flats. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And so they ordered all these new run flats and so I go to get them on and I'm sitting there, you know, tire shops are like, you're there for hours yeah. on end. And I'm sitting there and like two hours later they go, um, sir, we've been looking everywhere for the fourth tire. We had it yesterday, but we can't find it. And okay. they're like, so we're going to have to order it and you're going to have to come back. And I was like, shoot, man, like yeah. just trying to get out of here. Yeah. So they called me two days ago and they're like, Hey, we finally got your fourth tire in and uh, you can come by. We'll rush you through. I'm like, all right, rush. Mm -hmm. Let's go. So I get there eight o'clock yesterday morning. And at 10 15, I left with my last tire. It took that long for one tire. Wow. So anyway, that's my high, low and my Buffalo, I guess. That, that's what I learned about Audi recently when I had a, uh, a screw in the sidewall where they can't repair the tire. They had to replace it. Audi has quattro four wheel mm -hmm. drive thing. So I had to pay for four new tires because of the way that the system. Oh, runs. wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. All the tires have to have the same tread. Oh, I screwed up a couple Audis then because <laughs> <laughs> I had two Audis and I only put yeah. new on one uh, axle. Um, all right. So shifting to business, um, I bothered David this weekend and I was like, listen, I had something come up on Monday. I can't make it. Can you go to this economic meeting for me to get kind of an economic outlook of what's taking place, um, what projections are, et cetera. And there's a lot of chaos in the world. There's been a lot of chaos in the world for a several years literally since we started this company we've had uh almost well two and a half years i guess of just pure global chaos in yep. some way shape or form and yet we've grown significantly through it but i know that you know realtors start questioning things like what's going to happen in the market we've got russia ukraine we've got you know pipelines we've got inflation we've got we've got we've got um and so it's good for us as leadership to be like, all right, this is kind of what everybody's seeing. How can we direct the ship um, a little bit better? And so David attended the uh, economic outlook meeting and has pages and pages of notes. And I'm curious what your findings were. The takeaway I'll start with 
<clears throat> is that markets are going to change, industries are going to change, and how you react to them is really what's important in your business, right? So there are things you can't change. You can't change a global economy. You can't change a pandemic. But how you act to those things and how you take advantage of the holes that those things leave, uh, some of the most success can be found in times that everyone else is saying the sky is falling. Right. right? That said, uh, the sky is not falling. Good. Uh, according to the uh, industry <laughs> updates. Um, but we do have some interesting things going on. Um, Typically, in any market, two-thirds of all home sales are comprised of existing homes and one-third of new construction. Well, for the past year and a half, two years, it's been the inverse. Two-thirds of all home sales are new construction, yeah. and one-third has been the uh, existing homes, partly due to the that shortage is creating the prices keep going up interest rates have inched up, people are holding on to their homes. So a lot of your, your transient business, your, your California movers and all of that, they're able to afford a little bit more home than middle Tennesseans, which is kind of another topic. Uh, and they're buying new homes, they're, they're pricier, and they're more available as a percentage of homes than they were. Uh, by 2023, fall 2023, that looks to go back to normal that where two thirds will now be existing homes and one third back to new construction. What's going to drive that though? Um, part of that is that the materials are still running late and that the new construction is going to continue to slow, to slow yeah. in new construction. That is going to encourage the uh, existing homeowners to maybe put theirs on the market, less competition. Uh, interest rates are going to inch up in a good way because interest rates it never sounds like interest rates going up is a good thing, but there's a fear factor. And that fear factor is when you start to hit that, um, checking my notes here, uh, roughly four and a half, five percent. That's, that's when people are saying, Oh, I've waited too long. Mm -hmm. I need to get on this bus before it hits 10, 15, 20% or whatever they fear it's going to be. So it spurs <coughs> a whole round of consumerism on these, on these existing homes. And with fewer new homes out of the ground, it encourages homeowners to put theirs on the market. Interesting. See, I would, and I, I know they're two separate categories when it comes to charts and everything, but the way that builders transitioned through COVID was instead of allowing pre-sales, um, they shifted and said, you know what, we're just going to go spec only. Mm -hmm. We're going to build what we build and you're going to buy what you buy. And so from that standpoint, I almost view the new construction as existing right now. now again, it's a completely right. separate chart. I, I recognize that, but um, it's not, I think we're seeing less and less of like, Hey, let's go put, you know, an offer on this new construction house. And in seven months we're going to close. And I think we're seeing more of, it's new construction, yes, but we're going to close in 45 days. And Cust I Customization is gone. It, it, for now, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and I think that's, that's an opportunity for, you know, we have multiple builders inside of our company um, who are custom. And I think that's an opportunity for them. But then they've had to fall back on, you know, different contract language to accommodate the supply chain woes yeah. and malfunctions that led to increases in costs that were far beyond anything they could have imagined. 
you know, I remember a year ago talking to one of them and he was like, yeah, we're going to have to add this provision in the contract because, you know, electrical supplies are up 30% yeah. or whatever the case may be. So, um, and then rates going up, um, I'm kind of, I don't think rates are going to go up in the immediate future. I know they were supposed yeah. to, but what are your thoughts? Well, I think even, even as recently as this presentation I went to, you know, the Ukraine thing is a, is a brand new right topic right so the trends that were happening just a week ago <clears throat> are are possibly thrown out the window now because our country wants to maintain a stability and so the last thing you want to do is increase interest rates during a time like that it does affect inflation but depending on your views politically filling the country with money now keeping the interest rates low is a band-aid right? yeah and right now band-aids are felt to be more important than actual surgical fixes yeah right so i think that this uh this report was done before ukraine yeah and so i'm not quite sure i agree with exactly what it's saying yeah it's it's interesting because you know janet yellen and the fed they're going to be there's going to be a, a moment where they're going to have to decide what's taking place um and with swift being blocked in most banks in russia um it, it was expected to have significant market impacts and honestly i don't know that i've really seen significant market impacts since that was announced and that was announced over the weekend yeah. um and granted when everybody listens to this, it's going to be two weeks old, right? I think so. Three weeks old. So we are, um, you know, obviously it's all speculation. We're going to find out if we're profits or not though, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting, but all right. So you're an agent, you're out there, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're looking, you're hearing the media talk about this and that. And, you know, I've seen even a couple of, of, uh, headlines where, you know, housing's in trouble, blah, blah, blah. And, it's in my opinion, a lot of sensationalism, um, because you know, fear sells media sells Correct. fear all the time. Um, but if you're an agent, you're working with buyers who are maybe starting to hear that message and think it, how are you as a broker advising those agents to handle that discussion? I'm advising them to, to ask their clients why they're looking for a house. The number or the percentage of buyers, particularly buyers, that are looking for a house that the reason they're looking for that house is because it's a perfect time for a financial <coughs> investment. Yeah. Pretty low. The reason why people buy houses from the day one to now is marriage, divorce, kids, expansion, like a different school system. My job moved me. Um, I've got a ton of equity in my existing house, so I'm prompted and for lack of a better word, greedy. I'm going to take advantage of that. Very rarely are they wondering, should I buy a house because of what's happening in Ukraine? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You know, and because of all the news that comes in that tries to imply that whatever's happening in a whole nother half a world away, how it affects us locally because of the news, looking for newsworthy messages, it starts to, to freak people out. Yeah. So my advice to the agents is to chill a little bit. Just stay in your lane. This is why you're in this business to help people buy and sell homes. 
and those people still want to buy and sell homes. Yeah. Don't talk them out of it. Because the market's not going to get any better. Right. Yeah. Um, I heard it said uh, a few weeks back that, you know, the cheapest Nashville is going to be in the next five, 10 years is today. And the next cheapest is going to be tomorrow. Yep. And so on. And, you know, rates changing, you know, if the rates do go up, good. It's still not 24% like it was in the 80s. Right. Um, Yeah. In that that, uh, seminar that I was at, he talked about the magic he called it the bump rate and that's the rate where it will actually slow down the market and he said back in the 80s and 90s it was way up you know 13 14 percent or even higher um but then more recently like an 06 area it ran about six percent six and a half (coughs) now he's saying six percent will shut the market down he said five and a quarter to 4.75 is that bump rate which means that's going to be that fear flag. So if people start to see it, some people will back off, but a lot of people will say, I've waited too long. I need to hurry up and buy a house before it goes to in their heads, 10, 12, 13%. Yeah. I wonder what the, like just pure speculation. I wonder what the driver of that is. If it's the, the, uh, I guess probably more so the boomers, maybe gen X that lived through that period where the rates were so high but maybe it's the fact that people have been almost programmed to the the fact that oh rates are just you know normal at this low of three or two five or whatever. So then they hear five and they start freaking out. Yeah, fear of missing out. Yeah, you know they 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 think they've become so accustomed to hearing these sub four rates that they don't take it seriously. So when it hits four point seven five or more, they're like oh wait. I should have been paying attention. I should have been in a house. I should have been looking harder. <laughs> right. right. So you were in the industry in the last downturn. Yeah. In nine ten, um, you were also in the. Were you getting into the industry right after nine eleven? Uh, was it oh one or two? Nine eleven. Oh one. Oh one. Yeah. I got in in September of oh two. Okay. So. I I wouldn't say I felt much of that because I was just getting started, which is a whole different dynamic than what the industry is doing itself, right? But I definitely was in full full bore at uh, in '06. Yeah, and in '06, the first of all, the market crashed for a totally different reason than people are thinking the market will crash this time. The the housing bubble didn't exist; the mortgage bubble existed. Mm Um, it was the mortgage industry that crashed the whole economy, much less just the real estate market. That Those three, four years were some of the best years I've ever had, right? Because I looked at the market and I said, well, foreclosures are big. It's yeah. time to go ahead and jump on those and help people. I'm always looking at it from a standpoint of what do people need from me? And in those years, they needed help. They wanted to avoid foreclosure. They wanted to turn an already bad situation uh, to as least pain as possible. The foreclosure is going to be seven years before you buy a house uh, where a short sale is two years, right? So I really jumped into the short sale side. And that's kind of what my point to any agent is, don't worry about the market. Worry about what you can do with what the market presents yeah. to you. Yeah, your actions dictate your economy, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. And your focus is your outcome, really. Um, and I know personally some, some amazing agents who became amazing agents through that time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whether they're with our company or outside of our company, sure. I mean, some phenomenal people in the industry, Darren, Darren Cunningham is yeah, one of them. Absolutely. I mean, Darren like forged a path through all of that and, and crushed it. Um, I know Amber and, and your office crushed mm -hmm. it throughout that. And so, I mean, there's obviously people are always buying and selling real estate period. Yeah. It's just your client. Because of all those other reasons bit. I mentioned. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Those, those things are going to happen regardless of an economy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. What uh, did you have any other takeaways from that that you found st striking? Um, let's see. Let me go through some notes here real quick. Uh, existing inventory is improving. Uh, the fall of twenty three, he's gonna. He said fall of twenty three, he's gonna uh, forecast as kind of a back to normal style inventory. So we're getting there. So right. which, which normal, like 2017 normal? <laughs> Cause that was a great year. Yeah. I, I think he's, he was indicating around a 2018, 2019. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe which not. those are, those were such great years. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. You know, real estate is such a local hyper local thing. Yeah. And even in 06 to 10, whenever the actual dip, well, I don't even remember when it was, um, whenever that actually was, you know, Nashville didn't really feel it a whole lot in middle not, Tennessee. Not to the it was like 10% yeah. drop, right? Something at the most. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, when we grew, we grew at four to 6%. When yeah. we dropped, we dropped, we dropped eight to 10%. California, New York, whatever, San Francisco. Get crushed. Yeah. Those are 30% swings up and down. Right. So we've always had a, a level of stability yeah. in, in our part of the country, which is great. So it, even though it feels bad, uh, when you compare it to what other people are dealing with, we, we've got it pretty nice here. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of conversation right now about inflation. And I actually saw a chart yesterday, 40% of all the money in circulation in the United States today came, was printed in the last two years. Crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also saw a chart comparing our, uh, our market today versus the inflationary market of the seventies, eighties, early eighties. Um, and it's not even close yeah. right now. I mean, it, it's, you know, again, going back to sensationalism, not yeah. trying to, to throw the media under the bus here, but you know, somebody's got to do it. Um, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily where it, it's not that bad yet. Yeah. Now who knows? It could be, um, with all the stuff going on around the world, maybe it might impact it. I know wages are up 40%. I saw yesterday that uh, Target's hiring for 17 to $25 yeah, an hour yeah. to stock shelves. Um, those types of things are gonna present challenges. And as an employer, it's something that presents a challenge as well um, because somebody can go you know, work at Target right. for $20 an hour. It's like, right. what, why? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's going to be something that starts shifting it. And all of that's going to get passed to the consumer because yeah, the absolutely. business can't support it. Absolutely. So it's, um, it's an interesting, interesting thing that we're approaching there. Now, um, outside of the economic things that we're all facing, what are some challenges other than inventory being down 25%? Are you seeing any challenges locally or in your office that you're dealing with on a consistent basis? Yes, definitely. I think that the investor buyer is consuming a, a tremendous amount of inventory, making it that the hedge hard. funds, the hedge funds. Yeah. yeah. They are making it extremely difficult for a middle Tennessee family to purchase a moderately priced home. Yeah. Um, that is not going to go away anytime soon. It doesn't appear. Uh, we have to have more inventory for that to, to help us out a little bit. Uh, I was reading here that we also have a transfer in market 
that is 50% higher than typical years going over like a three year, three year swing. So what does that mean? So if we had an average of 5% growth from California people in previous years, we now have, yeah, seven and a half now. So it is, it is a significant increase. Um, Luckily those are affecting primarily like $700,000 and up, which two years ago, would have said, well, who, who buys $700,000 <laughs> houses, right? Well, now a lot of people yeah. do in, in our market because so we, we've all done that. But, um, or we've all seen that. But it's still the hedge fund buyers, they're very difficult to compete with because they've got unlimited amounts of cash. They are grossly overpaying yeah. because they're betting on the value of the asset over time. And then they're jacking up the rent to those tenants and at some point, in fact, that was another thing here, uh, estimated eight to 10 years. That's what I was going to ask. They're betting on an eight to 10 year turn to get that return in equity? Yep. They're, wow. they're betting eight to 10 years. The rental inventories are expected uh, to start selling off. Uh, it's gonna, so that's going to spur a great opportunity for renovators and home builders that also renovate homes um, because these guys are not going to touch the homes before they put them on the market. They're going to rent them out, do as little as they can to them, as most tenants and landlord situations are. And then eight to 10 years, somebody's going to buy them for cheap and they're going to renovate them. And so the house flipping business should be pretty strong in eight to 10 years. Yeah. And it's going to help with the inventory. So that he doesn't say that they're going to quit buying houses, but they are what, what houses they've been buying. They're going to flip that inventory in eight to 10 years. And then buy twice as many. No <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> um, but they uh, and that's that's a pretty far, yeah, far out projection. Yeah, but it's still good to know that people don't think of what's going to happen long term to these right. homes. You yeah. know? so it's nice to know that we are going to see some of those homes become available to the the mom and pop shopper. I call them. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I've I've seen and I actually had a conversation with somebody recently who does hard money. And in the conversation, he said, if you have a development that is purely built to lease, we'll fund 100% instantly. Yeah, man. And, and that's what, what everybody's up against. Yeah. Um, those hedge funds, the Wall Street money that's flooding Main Street is insane. Yeah. Um, and it is unlimited. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm talking to an agent about those types of situations, open door, ribbon, um, all of these different programs, they all have one goal. The same thing by different labels. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. You're just acquiring a property, getting a return for your investors. That's it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they are overpaying, but they don't care because yeah. they've got all these other assets that they paid for a long time ago that are, they probably underpaid for yeah. along the lines, you know, and, and they, their fees are exorbitant as hell. So there's that too. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. It sounds, you know, when those of us looking outside, you know, looking at their, what they're paying and what they're doing, like they're, they're crazy. It looks like, but they're not crazy. They're they're not, not crazy. They know exactly what's very doing. calculated. Yeah. Um, these are very smart people running these places. Yeah. You know? And they're not going to gamble with their clients money, which yeah. is literally all they're spending. Exactly. Um, so the other night we drove down to Chattanooga um, for one of our simply connect events with our agents agents. And um, on the way back, I asked you a question that is a really difficult question to answer right now, but is the same question 
that the majority of agents in this market are facing right now, where they have sellers who want to sell and they have no idea where to go or how to go about moving because of it. And what I know you're asked that 50 times a week, probably. (laughs) How do you handle it? It comes down to how motivated are you really in your business? And not to suggest that people aren't plenty motivated because they are, but it's going to take a different mentality to succeed for the step up buyer or the seller that wants to buy something else. And the way to do that is find out what they want to buy and go find the property that they want to buy. Don't look online. Don't check MLS. Don't check with your agents that are working on a listing. Go out and farm neighborhoods, whether that's letters, phone calls, knocking on doors, whatever it needs to be. There's tax record available that easily identifies homeowners that have been there for five or more years and their mortgages are probably such to where they can make a bunch of money. And those conversations in those homes are happening. Those families are saying, should we sell? Yeah. And if you catch that homeowner at the right time, you just might be able to find your buyer and therefore your seller a home. But you're not going to easily find it or you're going to consistently compete for it if you pull from the inventory that everyone else is pulling from. Yeah. One of our agents, um, actually one of our original agents when we started the company, um, (laughs) he always jokes that he's going to write a book called get off your ass <laughs> yeah <it's about laughs> and he it. said it's gonna be like 300 pages and every page is gonna say the same thing yeah um and that's really what it boils down to because when you are faced with that individual who's like man i would love to move right now but i have nowhere to go yeah you can't just go rely on the mls you gotta get off your ass you gotta go, go knock it. on yeah. doors go call fizzbos go go find the make me move yeah. people on zillow whatever it takes yep um we we have agents in our office and in our company that that have found dozens and dozens of homes to flip in this market. Yeah. Dozens. Dozens. <laughs> lots of homes. And not even flipping and making, necessarily. And making, making tremendous income strides. Yeah. Right. And and does it with a great heart and a great, you know, just is does everything right. Yeah. And and then I'm just pointing talking about one, but there are right. there are others. Uh None of what he's buying is coming off of MLS. Absolutely. He's got systems in place, very, very organized systems in place that goes and seeks out these homeowners and he's finding them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting because everybody overcomplicates the lead gen process. Yes. And I don't, it's one of the things like I try to, anytime we have like a new agent orientation, which we had this morning, um, I always try to instill the fact that a lead is not a big, scary word, right? right? A lead is just a human being that may or may not work with you, period. That's it. Um, and when you simplify it down to that, it's like, all right, well, how do I get in touch with more people? Because that's the actual answer, whether it's knocking on doors or it's, you know, uh, texting or getting a list of people to call or send handwritten notes to or letters to or getting probate lists or what i mean there's no shortage of ways to get in front of people um but i do feel like people overcomplicate how to get in front of people do do you agree i i agree i think they both overcomplicate and oversimplify there's a middle ground fair enough right they overcomplicate maybe i'm oversimplifying we're working they're working so hard on building a unique way to find them that they spend all their time building it and they never go do it. Yeah. Right. Busy versus productive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, where 
on the oversimplified start is we have as an industry <coughs> since the Zillow became a thing, we've been spoon fed lead quote unquote leads. opportunities yeah. for, for homeowners or for home buyers. And it got to the point where those leads were very expensive yeah. and they still are. Um, and people are still buying them. It's crazy. Not as much, but it's they're crazy. still buying them. So I think that that, that whole concept People that have been a lot longer than me, you know, your 30, 40 year agents probably look at those people that bought Zillow and go, what were you thinking? <laughs> Why don't you just go walk around your neighborhood? Yeah. You know, yeah. why don't you join some clubs? Why don't you be involved with the memberships at your church or, you know, just, just be there yeah. and you will find business. I, I belong to a bowling league. I had two guys in the last month ask me about pricing their home. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have my Simply Home shirt on. I mean, I just heard them talking about it. I said, hey, I could send you some pricing if you want. Yeah. It's just, it's, it does work out. It's to a contact sport, right? Yeah, it's a contact sport. What's I, um, you know, I, I started the flying club a mm -hmm. few years ago just to, one, my passion is flying. Yeah. And then, two, I get around a group of people who share a passion and people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Absolutely. And so... You know, I get around people. They like me now because we have similar interests. They know me now because we're part of the same group. And now they just have to build trust. And it's something that I've given new agents advice on in the past of like, look, what's something outside of real estate that you enjoy doing? Maybe you enjoy hiking. Maybe you enjoy cooking. Maybe you enjoy gardening. Maybe you enjoy dogs, What right. like a special type of dog, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, there's always a group of people who enjoy those same things so go find those people and then don't shove real estate down their throat yeah just 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 be a human being. Yeah, yeah just be a human have a human interaction and obviously they're gonna their first question is always so what do you do yep oh well yeah answer it and yeah. then now they know and yeah. then be a human yeah you don't have to say i'm a realtor what do you got you right. Know, you just say, "Hey, <laughs> I sell I sell houses for a living, you know, or I help people buy and sell houses." Yeah. However, you answer that. And one of the hardest things to teach, and probably one of the hardest things to learn for people is patience. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, no one should expect to get rich overnight in this business. If you stick with it, and you get involved, and you talk to people, and you you know talk to your family and friends, they have family and friends too. And if you do it right and you just make yourself available, there are enough opportunities that come your way. Yeah. You may not grow as fast as you want, but you'll grow state with great stability. And if you do a good job by, of course, being a human. A perfect example, right now I'm looking for uh, this young couple that just got married. She was nine years old when I met her. Wow. She was the daughter of one of my clients. Mm -hmm. So that client who was a family member of another client, I just did a good job for them. Yep. So they told them who to use. They told them, now I've got the nine-year-old daughter when I met him is now calling me and buying a house. That's crazy. You know, that's the value of being in it as long as I have, but everyone else can get there too. Yeah. You know, it's- How young does that make you feel? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> not, not as old as knowing I just had a wonderful new grandbaby. <laughs> Aww, that's fair. That's fair. Um, no, that's incredible. And, and it's one of, you know, it's one of my principles of building this company is the same thing I did when I was a realtor. And that is if you do such an incredible job and you truly care for people and you take care of people, people know when it's genuine. Yeah. If you're genuine, authentic, uh, and caring people are going to rave about you yep. as long as you do a good job and you're not an idiot. 
they're yeah. going to rave about you and you create raving fans raving fans well, create more raving fans. Absolutely. absolutely and i i am not because i'm also a broker and you know uh with where i'm at with my business i'm not constantly marketing myself and that's just where i'm at in my career so that family that i just mentioned they haven't heard from me except in hey good to see you again or good, good yeah. to hear from you or whatever in, in years sometimes yeah but I left enough of an impression when I did help them yep. that, you know, they called me. They had the, their daughter said, hey, I'm getting married. I want to buy a house. Here's David. Here's yeah. the number, you know. This is the only person you call yeah. right here, and which she, is important. Yeah. I, I know the number used to be everybody knows nine realtors. I don't know if that what that number is now yeah. because now there's 19,000 realtors in Nashville, <laughs> yes. which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, so – backstory a little fun fact backstory i started in july of 2015 and in april of 2016 i was on the verge of quitting i got recruited to remax and in david's office and um i <laughs> i was so arrogant i walked into <laughs> I wouldn't his, say arrogant. <laughs> um i was backed into a corner and uh, sometimes when I get backed into a corner, I get a little feisty and arrogant. And so I um, walked into his office and I said, in two years, I'm leaving here and starting my own company. And he goes, well, you should get consistent in your business first. Just sell a house first. <laughs> then we'll talk about your business. You know? Yeah. And, um, and it was under your leadership that I started to accelerate and start building my team. And um, you really helped frame my mind and my perspective to the right things, the right thought processes. Um, and now your office is the biggest office in our network. And we've got a hundred so, yeah. and 107, 108, somewhere around there. Something. Yeah. Um, and three fourths of the orientation this morning was your office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are some, uh, what are some wins that you've been having in the office with, with your folks? Um, my, Fairly recent forms training uh, has really taken root. Good. Uh, I feel like I feel like that that not only has the agents understanding the reason why we have the training mm -hmm. um, because they're coming across agents from other firms that have not had the training and they are coming across as a much stronger agent, which helps in negotiations. You know, um, but just I think that being showing that Im implemented and it working. Yeah. And it's saving phone calls to our transaction coordinators, saving confusion to the title companies, saving uh, confusion amongst agents and buyers and sellers. So I, I would say that was the first thing that came to mind on what have I seen recently that has a positive impact, you know. Interesting. Uh, and, and we have, uh, you know, every office has some rotation. Private office rentals kind of come in and go out and whatever. But um, we have some new incoming agents that are residing in the office day-to-day. Uh, -day. They're coming in almost every day in their offices and watching them and hearing them work with each other and build a, a camaraderie, I think, is a very positive feeling as well. Yeah. So this is your 20th year, right, in 20, real estate? 21st, yeah. 20, oh, yeah. Oh, two. So 20, 20 full years. So okay, in my 21st. Yeah. Um, and you've been a broker for seven, 18, 17, 18? Uh, 17, 18, yeah, since 05. Okay. Um, so over the years, you've seen a lot of really successful people, and I'm sure you've seen a lot more that failed out of the business. 
yeah over time right um the industry last i checked the industry failure rate for an agent is 89 percent in three years which is sad because again it goes to overcomplicating or oversimplifying right um what are some daily habits that over those 20 years you've seen people who are consistently successful deploy my number one thing is the words show up right you might not have anything to sell you might not have a client in your in your pipeline right now that doesn't mean you don't have anything to do right you can analyze inventories. You can learn about what na- what houses are going up in a neighborhood. You can learn about what the sales prices are of this house versus that house so that when you do have a chance to answer a question for somebody, you don't have to say, let me get back to you. Yeah. You know, you sound like the expert that you should be. And you can do that when there's nothing else to do for a buyer or seller. So that's my number one thing is show up. And I consistently see people, um, you know, I'll... I'll tag Brenna Foster for a second here, right? She started, she didn't have any business going. Then she started her YouTube stuff. She posted and she posted and she posted and she posted for no return Yeah, for a long time. Yep. But she stayed with it and now it's starting to result. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. It's uh, consistently showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when actually I talked to her uh, about a month ago on that and I was like, just keep going. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it can be so disheartening and I get it, right? Like you feel like you're putting in all this effort. You're not getting anything at all. You're just wasting a bunch of time is how it feels. But the reality is things take time, you know, and YouTube channels, they take 10 months, uh, 12 months before you start getting any traction. She's probably about a year into it at this point. Um, And anything that anyone does in this business, I was always told it's a 90 day business. The actions of today, you're going to start seeing results within 90 days or so. Right. So consistently take action so you can keep having it. And so many agents, for whatever reason, they'll get into the peaks and valleys. Yeah. There, we, I think, as a species, are very – it goes back to patience again. Um, we are needing some instant gratification, and this is not the business that offers that. Yeah. You know? So if you can't get over the fact that what you do today may not affect you for 90 days, you, you're going to have to learn to live with that or this may not be your business. Yeah. And some people you can teach that to and some people you can't. And, that, and unfortunately, the attrition is a lot of people are very eager or they come in uh, thinking they're going to make money right away and they don't and they don't have enough money, you know, if you're starting, anyone listening, if you're starting your real estate business, try to not spend a lot of money. Yeah. You know, don't have a lot of debt, you know, come in knowing that this is the time in your in your career that you need to not be buying anything, not be borrowing money. You know, don't spend $10,000 a month on Zillow leads, go in slowly and let it build and then look at more complicated Processes. Yeah, I get asked all the time, is this worth it? Is this worth my at my my money? And I'm like, no. No, never I, is. Almost <laughs> never. Yeah. Almost never. Like when I got <clears throat> so about a year and a half ago, or I guess 2020, um, we were buying Zillow leads as a company. Mm-hmm. And my whole thought process was like, hey, let's turn this into like a revenue generator, really, right? Yeah. And I lost ninety thousand dollars. 
on Zillow leads. And the way that Zillow has its structures, they'll sell you zip codes, but then they'll sell like 300%. Yeah. So what we used to be able to get, you know, 50 leads a month out of one zip code. Now you're like two. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It makes zero sense. And, you know, people, they get people in general, not just real estate, but it's really pronounced in real estate is shiny object syndrome. I call it, I call it an SOS. Yeah. And when you start falling into this next shiny object, I go, eh, eh, hit the brakes because SOS declare an emergency. Let's, let's not do that. There are countless companies that sell to realtors and real estate companies, usually in some form of lead generation or systems processes that, come in and come out of the business as often as realtors do. Yeah. Right. So why would their fancy phone call and smooth talking salesperson make them the best opportunity for you? See through that. Yeah. You know, they, they are doing their jobs and they're going to be good for somebody, mm-hmm. but they, there's going to be a lot of people that buy into it and they're not successful. And the company that's even selling to them is no longer in business. And so they can't even, you know, fight for their money back or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of that in this business because it's a high dog. It's one of the highest industries in our global economy, right? Or certainly our, co- yeah. our country's economy. And there's a lot of people that want a, a piece of it. Yeah. You know, I, um, yeah, as a new agent, like just be really, really aware of those things. Yeah. Um, all right. You've got a brand new agent just joined your office. You've told them to show up they show up They're they're doing some of those things. What are you trying to instill in them uh, mentally from a, a thought process standpoint? Um, and then from an action standpoint, confidence is what I want to instill with them because often they feel like they're on their own. Even the ones that, you know, want to sign up with a mentor or whatever, they still feel like nobody's helping them somewhat. And what any agent should realize is capitalize on what a brokerage like Simply Home does for you. Um, what a broker like me does for you. If you're a new agent and somebody asks how long you've been doing the business, sometimes that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Right? If you say three weeks, you're going to, you feel like they're just going to shoot you down. But if you say I'm new into this business, but I come from whatever business, there's always a related or yeah. trans, you know, transferable skill. Plus I've got an office that has hundreds of years of experience and thousands of hours and thousands of transactions. And they're all here with me, making sure that I help you correctly. Yeah. You know, utilize the resources that are available to you that don't cost you a dime. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, experienced agents, you know, we experienced agents go through the same ups and downs, um, mentally, sometimes emotionally, other times, um, what, what are the things, the thought processes and the actions that you're working to remind them or instill in them? Uh, you kind of just mentioned it. There are ups and downs and that it is totally human and normal for you to experience them and to don't let the downs get you out, you know, feel down. That's, that's human. That's going to happen. But realize that if you take the last five years of your successful business and you've had three months of down, well, don't forget about those other four plus years, you know, you've had more ups than downs or you wouldn't be where you were as an experienced agent or as a successful agent. So ride it out, do what you do, your system works and everybody has these little bumps in the road. Now, if you've changed something in your business, analyze that, you know, has it affected you? If you've made a change to your business, if you've, 
you know, started a team or not started a team and you should have, or you got rid of a team or whatever, then see if that was the right move. But if you're doing everything you're doing and it's worked for a long time, it's probably still working. Yeah. Fair enough. What are you most excited about in the future? Oh, <laughs> a lot. A lot. Good. Um, <laughs> I, I look forward to f- making it, I look forward to having better access to inventory. Yeah. For sure. It's very frustrating for agents and buyers and, and therefore sellers um, to consistently lose on these multiple yeah. offers. I don't, I don't have a solution. I don't think there is a solution. I think that is the world we live in right now. And we're just going to have to keep finding ways to be unique and present our buyers differently. And like I said, go out and find inventory ourselves. But I look forward to that easing a little bit. Yeah. What are your uh, personal goals for 22? Personal goals for 22. um, Or... I prefer commitments. What are your <laughs> commitments for 22? Well, I'm working on a, a little subdivision of my own. Nice. I'm excited about. Yeah. Uh, that is going to be my primary focus for my, my production. Yeah. Right? Um, beyond that, it's uh, making sure that the agents are happy, making sure that they are utilizing the tools that we offer, um, understanding the value of those resources. Um, and just, uh, I'd like to see more camaraderie. I'd like to see more people come into the office, for example. And every, every time I see that they have fun and they learn something from each other, but human nature is they get busy with their families and everything else. And that doesn't always happen. So I'd like to find ways to encourage more camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That'd be fun. (laughs) A lot of fun. Um, all right. I think that's, I think that's, what do you, what do you look forward for 2022? Um, I am looking forward to growth Yeah. as always. Um, you know, we grew a ton last year and now I'm just like, let's keep it going. I want to, I want to see, uh, 30 cities for us in the next few years. I want to see all of the ancillaries working the way they're supposed to. And I want to see, uh, no less than uh, 800 agents in the organization by the end of 2022. Great. Great. So, yeah, that's that about wraps us up. Um, thank you guys for joining us today. Thanks for hanging in there. Thank you, David, for coming and, you. and uh, sharing your nonstop knowledge. <laughs> you have so much knowledge. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. And I know that so many people are going to listen to this and go, good Lord, I wish he was my broker um, for everything that you have. So thank you. Well, if you're not with Simply Home, that is really easy to do. You <laughs> join simplyhome.com <laughs> right. slash onboarding. Yeah, <laughs> and we can make that happen for you. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, putting up with my um, horrible hosting. And uh, we will see you guys soon. Please like, subscribe, comment, all the fantastic and amazing things to show your support for this podcast. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Hey guys, it's Swy. Thank you for joining us this week. And we really hope you got some useful information and we made your day a little bit better. If you're interested in joining the movement of realtors getting their time and life back, check us out at joinsimplyhome.com on the browser, at Simply Home on socials, or in the description. See you next week.